Again, I'll read for you from uh, Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria and Trachonitis, and Licinius, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to the son John, the son of Zechariah, in the desert. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins. As is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare a way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked road shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. Grace and mercy and peace are yours from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. There's a lot of preparation going on right now for each and every one of us. And for each and every one of us, there's this internal clock ticking in our heads as we get closer and closer to Christmas and what we need to get done. And the closer we get, the louder that ticks. For some, that clock ticks a little bit louder earlier on as some think it's wise to start decorating before Thanksgiving. For me, it ticks later as I do last-minute preparations, as I throw up lights just to make it festive and look beautiful, that clock is ticking and it's there, and when it comes down to time, only the essentials are going to get done. You're only going to do what is necessary to prepare for Christmas, to get that tree, to wrap those presents, to prepare a meal if you have people coming over, to clean the house, and when it's time, you're going to get it done. We almost always do. For Christmas, it, when Christmas comes, there's no more doing. It's just relaxing and enjoying each other. It's opening those presents that were nicely wrapped and looking at that tree was beautifully decorated. If you're having a large meal, it's taking out that Christmas ham and all the fixings. And I can't tell you how to be more prepared for that stuff at all. You already have people like Martha Stewart who can tell you how to to put everything together within hours with all the fixings and making it beautiful, you have that information. I can't help you at all. But today I can help you by speaking the words of John the Baptist to you. It's words we need to hear in our preparation for Christmas. Words that are actually very quite different from what we hear in our everyday preparation for things like meals and presents and and Christmas trees. It's a call. A call in the desert. See, John was completely different than most people of his time. He lived differently, and his life was actually an illustration of what all of humanity looked like on the inside. He he quotes Isaiah, who is very good at doing this. He takes wonderful language that we understand. Things like the the snow and the rain that come down and water the the trees and the grass and make it look beautiful. And Isaiah takes that illustration. He says, this is what God's word does for you. Just like the rain and the snow come down and nourish everything, so God's word nourishes you. Isaiah uses things like 
the grass of the fields and the flowers of the fields to say that if a man cuts himself off from God's word, they're going to be like that grass and that flower. When flame is set to it, it's going to burn up and consume. And today, John uses Isaiah to speak a word about ourselves. Have you ever found your celebrity look-alike or your celebrity self? You ever take one of those quizzes? Or your, your animal self? Which animal are you most like? Today you can complete the trifecta. Today we're going to find our geographical self. What are we most like? We find out it's kind of dry and pretty arid. We find out that little can grow there because there is little water there. If you think of who we are, our makeup, it's said that we can have up to 60% of water in our bodies. And here, we're, we're talking about a place where John is. He's calling in a wilderness, a place where there is essentially no water. Very little life can live there. No one chooses really to live out there unless they're a little bit crazy. And here, John says, this is who you are. A voice calling to you in the desert it's dry, it's arid, and when you begin to, to zoom out on the topography that John is sharing with us here, we see exactly how desperate and how hopeless that we are. That not only are we in a desert, but there's these valleys, these crevices, these mountains that surround us all. It's a place that's not really hospitable to anything at all. And here John is calling to us. Not to get out of the desert. Instead, prepare a way in the desert. He's essentially telling us that we're, we're dead and dry. Like dry bones that are bleached in the sun. And he's calling to us, come and, and, and make a way for your king to come, the Lord to come finally to greet you on, on judgment day, to take you home. Make that way and, and make it ready. Smooth those mountains. Make, make those valleys and fill them in. But we can't do it. And you see just the desert in our lives. There's examples of that. Essentially, Jesus shows us the woman at the well. He asks this woman for some water, and what does she do? She gives him water. And then Jesus says to her, why don't you go and bring your husband? I don't have a husband, she said. Jesus said, you're right. You have five. You see the desert there? The wilderness? That woman's looking 
for a good, fulfilling relationship, and she can't find it. She's in this wilderness all by herself, and she's trying as best as she can to dig her way out and go from one man to another, and she can't realize that she cannot get out of that wilderness by herself. She's lost. Zacchaeus, you know that story. A man who made his wealth skimming off the the taxes that the Romans issued to the people and filling his pockets, he thought he would raise himself to a level that was beyond the, 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 the horrible level of humanity, the deprivation of humanity, and yet he climbed that tree. Why? Because he still hadn't found his treasure. He was still looking for something. He was still in a wilderness and he could not figure it out as hard as he tried. We can't forget Adam and Eve who were actually in an oasis, the Garden of Eden. And yet, when God said to Adam, who ate of this tree? Adam blamed God and the woman. The woman you put here with me. Eve blamed a snake. Always trying to push off their guilt. Always trying to push off their sins. They were in the wilderness. They could not find a place to put it. And so these big mountains started to form of transgressions and sins. Huge valleys void of the goodness that, that they weren't doing and not living according to the will of God. And all of a sudden they find themselves in this huge Wilderness, hopeless. One of the worst ways to die is to die of thirst. And here you see these people thirsting, not for physical water, but the water of God and his word. John was an example, a living example who we are. A voice calling the desert. Prepare a way. What better place to see who we are than a solitary place like that? It's been argued that people who are caught in solitary confinement for a long period of time end up having mental issues end up going crazy. Maybe it's because we can't handle ourselves. One of the things about preparation, our preparations for Christmas, is they're a great distraction from who we really are. You notice that John is pulling people out of Jerusalem. He's calling them into the wilderness so that they stand there away from the comfort of their home and away from, from the preparation that they have, away from everything there. And as they are in this wilderness, a wilderness that, that does not uh, choose between rich and poor, between good and criminal, uh, one that, that will destroy anyone in an instant, there you are and you have time to reflect on who you are. And there you will see just how dry you are. We appreciate the chaos and distractions so often of life because it does just that. (laughs) 
we appreciate when we have to keep going and going because then we don't have to think about who we are and reflect on ourselves. So John is showing them a living example. This is who you are. We stand before our mountains of sin and these huge crevices and valleys of our lack of goodness and we say, how can we prepare a way? I only have my hands. It's my hands that have created this mess. How can I prepare a royal highway for my God to come? Well, here's where John gives us the oasis. Because there in that desert, he, he not only shows us who we are, our geographical self. He also shows us the way out. The same way for that young lady at the well. Jesus didn't say, keep trying harder, and you're, you're going to find someone. Jesus shared himself with her. said, I'm going to give you a water that does not dry up. For Zacchaeus, he was looking for treasure. He was looking for something to make his life certain, something to give him hope. And Jesus didn't say, keep on trying, or, or maybe just make yourself honest. He, he sat down there and he said, I'm going to give you a treasure that is beyond any worldly treasure, beyond gold or silver. In our times of frustration and difficulty, he doesn't sit there and say, keep on working on it. Keep trying to, to build this royal highway in this desert. He sits there and he gives us true water of life, true hope, true treasure, as he says, I give you myself because I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way in which this highway is prepared I'm the way in which your God will come to you and be pleased with you and say, this is such a wonderful place to be that is rich of life and my word. It's through Christ. This voice that hits our hearts. Preaching the gospel and his soul that are parched and dry. He's the way, the way out, the way to prepare for our coming Lord. To sit there and to listen to that still, small voice, he changes ourselves from looking at our own hands and our own deeds to looking at Christ and his deed on the cross, a place that was actually one of the most desolate places and the most despised places the cross itself, where God the Father turned his back on Jesus. From there stems life for you and me. And so we see our deserts and our wilderness and our life. To some degree or another, you, you have a desert. If it's your relationship with your spouse or your friends, 
with your, your finances, with your, your reflection on yourself, your self-esteem. We, we have deserts, these places that are so void and bare that we want to push and hide them away. And yet Christ has come and he says, I have prepared a way not only for your salvation, but for you right here and now. That as the water of my word comes into those parts of your life, I will bring you rich oasis. I will prepare you in your relationships. I will give you hope. I will change how you see yourself because I see you as wonderful and righteous. John's call is to prepare. A call that results in what Christians have daily. Repentance. A turning from sin to the other way. A, a contrition over what we have done, knowing that we, we are not prepared for God and his coming, and yet believing that Christ has prepared us. He has, has flipped us completely around so that we are ready and we are prepared so that when Christ comes not only in the manger but comes again on judgment day, there we are welcoming him on a royal highway. Because the way was prepared. You'll be prepared. Not just for your Christmas activities and your gatherings. But you'll be prepared for Christ. Because in his word, he works in us repentance. He prepares our hearts. Covering over all our sins and removing it making straight the crooked paths just so that your Lord can come to you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Please stand. We continue by confessing our faith with the words of the Apostles' Creed printed for you on page 5 in your bulletin. We confess. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, life everlasting. Amen.